Okay, we go to John chapter. John chapter 4. Verse 26 says, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Like I said the last time, this is one of those places. Very few and far between. We are Lord Jesus Christ, bore witness to himself. <clears throat> Verse 27 says, And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white with for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers food for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Okay. Part of the reason why preachers love this scripture is because through the conversion of one woman, just one woman, an entire village was converted. And you know, there is nothing like a genuine testimony. You see, if somebody you know very well is a sinner, you know, you know he's a sinner. And, and he comes to testify that his life has been radically transformed by the gospel of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, then many people begin to take it seriously. If this gospel can change this man, then who can it not change? And, and, and this is the sort of thing, you know a woman that has had five husbands, you know she's cohabiting, <laughs> and then she comes around, she comes around to testify, hey, I met a man today, he told me everything I've ever done. Wow. <laughs> and then the whole villagers, some out of curiosity, some out of attempt for authentication, you know, followed her. Now, you can see the perplexity of the disciples because Jesus was violating cultural taboos. The first one is talking to a woman, you know, Men don't talk to 
women, you know, they don't shake them. It's, it's the same orient. This thing the Muslims are doing is is the Oriental culture, you know. So the disciples were like, you know, we need to question this woman. What are you looking for here, you know? <laughs> but they didn't ask her that, and neither did they ask our Lord Jesus Christ, why are you talking with her, you know? So see, our Lord Jesus has such an aura and reputation that uh, he violated all these taboos in order to establish the true relationship in the kingdom of God. It's not about the opposite sex. It's about the purity of heart. Okay? And that's really what is uh, challenging. When he said in Matthew chapter 5, was it blessed are the pure in heart so the, the disciples they, they 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 were they were aghast you know because they couldn't imagine oh why is he talking to a lady now you know oh, maybe we should drive her away <laughs> but they said nothing then the woman left and went and invited the entire <coughs> village to come and hear the gospel, you know. And when she shared her testimony, the whole village wanted to, to come out and see Jesus. Okay. Now, we, we enter into a dialogue between the uh, disciples and our Lord Jesus Christ, which even made things a little more perplexing for them. He waited there for them ostensibly so they could go and get food and then there's a well there to drink water from okay and now they come and he's not eating food he's talking with this lady who has not um, who has left her water pot here and gone away and he's still not eating food and our lord jesus christ used the opportunity to teach a very important lesson of life and that lesson has to do with the priority of the will of God in the life of a man. Jesus said in the oft quoted, our Lord Jesus said in the oft quoted scripture, my meat, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work okay so of course the disciples didn't know our lord jesus knew everything he knew the villagers were coming and the 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 thing he wouldn't want is for the villagers to all arrive wanting to hear the word of god and our lord jesus was in the middle of a meal so so he, he had to wait to 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 attend to the villagers first and preach the gospel of the kingdom to them there is nothing mysterious or mystical about it. My food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And then he began to say to them, lift up your eyes because I'm sure you must have seen the villagers trooping down. You know, the harvest, the field is already white to harvest, you know. And, and so it, it, it reveals how you and I, by being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you know, may, may, may uh, uh, share a tract, hand over a book, uh, uh, say a word that will lead to 
a, a bigger, bigger, much bigger impact. One of the examples that followed this subsequently was the example of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. After Philip had had such a, an explosive evangelistic outreach in Samaria, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit said you should head south and, and join up with the Ethiopian eunuch. And he joined the chariot, preached Christ to him, baptized him, and the Ethiopian eunuch left and founded a church group that is still in existence today, a Coptic church that exists both in Egypt and Ethiopia or former Abyssinia, you know. So, so it, it is so uh, uh, powerful to be sensitive. It's so important rather to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and put in a word in time, just one word to one woman. And the entire community was impacted. And unlike many communities, you know, as we will read subsequently, Many of them believed. Many of them believed. And, and there was no um, physical miracle, but it was the miracle of a changed life. It was a testimony of a changed life, you know. And so the testimony, genuine testimony of a changed life is just as powerful in evangelism as that of a physical miracle, particularly if that person is well known in the community. And, and that's why it is it is uh, it is important that you know we pray you know we we, we pray, pray those prayers sometimes also for what we call strategic conversion strategic conversion you know you 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 make one strategic conversion and so many people are converted as a result and so many people are converted as a result so here we see a a testimony of a strategic conversion, not of a, a noble, you know, a big man in the society, but someone down there, you know, living in Spala, and, and whose life was touched by our Lord Jesus Christ. And it proves to be a very powerful strategic conversion. And so our prayer is that God will help us. We, we, we will really be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, because if Jesus had worried more about the culture, the taboos, and all of that, then nothing would have happened. I, I, I'm not supposed to be speaking to a woman alone. Ah, people may be wondering. It's not, <laughs> so, sometimes we are so worried about that that we neglect to use a very important opportunity to send the kingdom of God into the hearts of men and women in a strategic conversion that was so, so impactful. So our prayer is that God will grant us grace to be sensitive and say that word in season, even out of season, so that God may use it to touch lives all over the place. Some we know, some we will know, but all to the glory of God and to the prosperity of the kingdom of our God. Amen. Amen. Amen.